Grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Ash Wednesday is a solemn occasion because we are invited to face honestly our sin and our mortality. The black altar cloths, the black alls and stoles, black stoles, the black ashes that will be marked on your forehead later this evening, bring that point home. And yet this is a gift because it gives us a new perspective, a new beginning on those things that are life-giving practices for people of faith. I'd like to share at the beginning here a story of how facing death head-on can give a new perspective. Um, last November, a, a clergy colleague uh, sustained, sustained serious injuries after falling out of a deer stand. Many say he is lucky to be alive, blessed. And he knows he is lucky to be alive and is seeing life with new energy and perspective. Close encounters with death will do that. The family of Matt Woods knows the same story. We see life differently when we face death head on. So therefore our first reading for Ash Wednesday, this reading from Joel, this fire alarm in the middle of the night, this urgent call to attend to the broken relationship with God is a gift. It invites us to look seriously at that which is broken in need of healing, or as the psalmist knows, in need of God's cleansing love and mercy. As the psalmist wrote and as we prayed together, all human beings are sinful in need of God's compassion and mercy to cleanse us from sin, to make us new. And how good does that feel when that mercy is given? When forgiveness is received. Case in point. You know, this winter has been a tough one for us and for our cars. <laughs> you know, it's been tough to get our cars washed when it's so bitterly cold. And there have been cars that have been pretty dirty in the parking lot. <coughs> Pastor Woods has driven one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I drove the other. <laughs> and it just so happened last week on one of our warm days when it reached, I don't know, eight degrees or something like that, Pastor Mike and I had both had the same ideas without talking about it uh, to get our cars washed. And so when we went to lunch, we both offered to drive. 
you know, it's kind of fun to have a, a clean car, you know, to feel refreshed and renewed. Um, but in cold temperatures, there's a reason to wait so that your windows don't freeze and the water doesn't freeze on your car, whatever. But you wait for that day when um, it might look new again. What about our sinful lives? How eager and urgent are we to be washed and made clean? Does it take a wake-up call, a near-death experience, to make us see things differently, more urgently or more repentantly? Again, Ash Wednesday is certainly a solemn task, a solemn evening to face our mortality and sinfulness directly and honestly. And yet if repenting, turning to God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, can provide that new life, that new hope, can provide the healing for our broken lives and our broken relationship with God, bringing new life and new freedom in Christ as the end of our Lenten season will witness in the death and resurrection of our Lord, the victory and new life in Christ. Then this Ash Wednesday observance, this worship, this midweek gathering is a gift to the church and a very meaningful and life-giving season of faith. It is my prayer. That's all right. She can keep singing. It is my prayer for each of you that this Lent will be a time for you to learn and to expand upon those life-giving practices of faith that do draw you closer in a relationship with a God who loves you who desires for you to turn, to change your ways, to be made new, made clean in his love and mercy for you. There are faith practices that can lead to daily habits, that can shape your relationship with God and one another, with your neighbor, in profound ways. And yet, as Jesus warned about being a hypocrite, these pious practices are not to be put on only for show, but to really change your life and to change your heart and to change your relationship with God. Fasting, doing good for others, prayer, these are the disciplines of Lent. And these are practices, spiritual disciplines, that can take time to learn, time to adopt and include into your daily life and work and ministries. But faithful practice and observance can make them habits of life and habits of faith. I don't know if it's helpful for you, but some have suggested that Lent can be thought in terms of, of training because it is a discipline, because there is a struggle, a fast, a commitment, a preparation. It takes time. A scourging of the flesh, if you will, a putting to death of the flesh. Tough things are taking place in such disciplines. 
but it can be worth it. It can lead to life-giving relationship with the one who matters most, to the one to whom alone, only you, O oh God, and you alone, can we turn for life, giving cleansing and healing and forgiveness. So speaking of training, I'd like to just share a bit of the reflections that I've been doing in my own journey these past months, and especially the wake-up call I had about three months ago <clears throat> when I went for my first uh, cross-country ski outing of the season. Um, many of you know that I had signed up for the, to participate in the American Berkey Biner, the 54-kilometer version of <laughs> a scenic tour of northern Wisconsin. And, um, and I'm not sure why I did it, at least at that time. <laughs> um, it had been 34 years since I had done it before, but people talked me into it. They said, oh, it will be fun. But um, given, as many of you have seen me limp around the sanctuary with my gimpy hip and the struggles I have with, with an arthritic condition, um, I began, worried after, began to get worried after my first and second ski and even turned to a physical therapist for help for some simple exercises that I might put into practice, a discipline if you will, that might make it possible for me to endure all 54 kilometers of, of that race. Might make it possible to endure and maybe even finish the race, let alone compete. But like I said, I had my doubts. Was it worth it? Was the training, was the, the disciplines of stretching and, and swimming and biking and, and on an indoor trainer and even skiing outdoors worth the pain, the hassle, and the difficulties um, that would come to mind? Not to mention the cold temperatures below zero and the wind chills and all that. If I hadn't signed up for the race ahead of time, there's no way. <laughs> I would have made that commitment. In fact, I was looking for reasons to drop out. Um, but I had others encouraging me, others who were going to be doing the same race and others who had done it many times and said, it's great, you'll enjoy it. Um, but what allowed me, I believe, to get through that and to actually finish it was I did my disciplines of training were done slowly. I gradually built into a greater exercise routine. Um, I had some diversity in what I did. I couldn't ski every day because of my hip. So I started swimming and believe me, when I had to start thinking about going to the pool, it was the last thing I wanted to do. It was a hard habit to start to pick up. But gradually, I, I got that habit going and that discipline and, and found it now to be a very life-giving, way to exercise and, and good um, for my hip condition. Um, and, and I share this because I think the disciplines of Lent, learning those and renewing those faith practices of, of prayer and fasting and, and almsgiving or doing good things for others um, are, are rewarding but challenging disciplines to pick up. And so as you pick up the disciplines of Lent, 
there's some things I'd like you to keep in mind. Um, one, remember that it's, it's 40 days, the season of Lent. It has a beginning and an end, and you can do that. You can find ways to adjust your schedules, um, to prioritize, to find time for prayer. And it can be short at the beginning. Just five minutes is what we're trying to encourage our families and others, to take five minutes. Find five minutes to sit quietly, to listen, reflect. For those five minutes can then gradually grow into more time of listening and discerning and, and sharing with God with what is on your heart. So that that can become a life-giving practice of prayer and trust and openness to what God who created you and loves you and has cleansed you, redeemed you, is counting on you to do in your daily life and journey. And if your schedule is so busy, maybe it's time to leave out one of your lunches, to fast. Use that time for, for prayer and for listening. Make time in your day. Um, use those hunger uh, pains as a way of drawing you more to God. My Muslim friends have practiced Ramadan in ways that they go all day for the 30 days of Ramadan in a life-giving practice that they've been able to do. We can learn from them. It's difficult, but again, it draws us into that time of prayer and trust upon God. Taking time and being patient and growing into this and, and being diverse, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be fasting every day. Thinking about your neighbor, turning your focus from yourself and, and doing an act of kindness, of charity, of justice for someone else helps us remove that sinful tendency to just think about me and start to see God in our neighbor and those around us. There's something freeing and life-giving about that practice. And many of you do that so well. Thinking of others, serving others, using your time in those ways. Yes, the disciplines of Lent, fasting and almsgiving and prayer, are life-giving practices for the faithful. May our observance this Ash Wednesday, this wake-up call of our own mortality, our own sinfulness, be that time to say, now is the time to start something new, refreshed. Make a new commitment to this journey of faith to be drawn closer to a God of mercy and love. The one who does give new life and new hope and is the one who can restore the joy of life, the joy of salvation because he promises to be with us in that journey. It is my hope and prayer that this Lent will be a time of discovering the disciplines and the practices of faith so that the blessings of God might be part of your everyday life in a way that brings joy and hope to all that you do. May the blessings of the Lord be upon you this night and throughout this season. Amen.